You are listening to the Men That Win podcast from Eagle Nazarene Church, a church beyond our walls. I've got a lot to say in a small time frame, so it's kind of weird to put everything into um, a speech or a, a testimony that uh, doesn't have things attached to it. And I'm big on PowerPoints and things like that. And as we go through the, my life, I'll, I'll tell you some of the, the reasons I, I like doing that. But first of all, um, what do I say at first, right? We've all had trials and tribulations. Um, I don't think there's one guy in there that hasn't experienced some frustration, some heartache, something of, of trauma, emotionally or physically. Um, but the fact is, uh, that doesn't keep me from being able to tell my story, right? It's, uh, I hope you understand with uh, what God's been putting in my life and, and how um, he's helped me through each year, basically. When it gets into this a little deeper, you'll, you'll see why. But um, <clears throat> see if I do this right. All right. Um, that might be a hard uh, first sentence. Oh, death, where's your victory and uh, where's your sting? I could tell you that uh, that day right there is my first experience with near death. Um, went to uh, opening day at Little League. It was raining, uh, two-lane road, and uh, the irony of this street, I'll tell you in a little while, is kind of, you're just going to shake your head and go, no way, but it's a fact. Um, two-lane dairy road going down towards my uh, junior high school where um, our Little League fields were, and a lady stops and asked us for a ride. It's my middle brother and my neighbor that were all going to opening day. And uh, let me share that this goes in between with it, though. Whether it's the Lord's hand or guardian angels or he provides us with things, um, this, this says it you know, right here that he uh, commands his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And... Uh, that doesn't mean that you're going to experience pain, suffering, maybe death, but um, the big picture is there. Um, some of this stuff is going to have a little humor attached to it, at least in my mind it's humor, but some, because I didn't have a, a photo of when I got hit by a car the first time. And I say the first time because everybody laughs at the second time, so we'll, we'll get that out. But um, this is on the way to the opening day. It was starting to drizzle, so the lady asked us for a ride. We say, no, we're almost there. She said, oh, come on, I'm all, I got you. Well, we're walking, I'm walking this way down at the bottom of the berm on this two-lane road. You could do it anywhere in this county and have the same effect. I stepped out and got plowed by a car. Um, I never saw it. Um, my brother and my friend, they didn't see it either. They said it knocked me an estimated 45 feet down the road. I remember experiencing gray skies like a helicopter, uh, spinning, um, seeing telephone poles and, and stuff, and landing. And the thing I remember, remember most about it is my, leg, my left leg came from my back, wrapped around my front, and flopped over in front of me. Hmm, that was weird, you know. Then the guy gets out, and he tries to help me walk off to the right side of the road. So if you've ever taken a femur and shoved it up into your muscle and t your tissue and everything, um, let me tell you, it, it's not, it hurts. <laughs> um, didn't have a 
picture outside of that, but you can get, you can get the idea that um, after the five weeks in traction in the hospital and dealing with the other injuries, I was in the body cast for eight weeks. And I was 12 years old. Put a 12-year-old running around, active, sports, everything, and, and confine them to a bed for, you know, six months total after everything. It's a, it's a lot. I mean, so just put back in there in your head part of my stress. Um, so here's, that was stress one in my life. Boom, you've got that filed. <clears throat> Senior League All-Stars coming back home down the street. I'm setting up this, yes, second one. <laughs> um, coming down the street, I get hit in the intersection on the same street that I was hit the first time two years prior. The righteous person may have many tr uh, troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Okay, I'm a 14-year-old. I was doing very well in senior, you know, baseball was my thing, and um, I get hit again, and, it, and it, it, it messes me up, but I, I only have a puncture wound to my uh, side of my head, which was between my eye and my temple. So having that place there, um, you, people that know, you know, if you get hit in the temple, you usually die. You hit in the eye, you're probably blind, right? So um, had a concussion, you know, went home, was able to be released from the hospital that night, went home and did uh, recovery there. Um, go on to college, and uh, things are starting to pick up again. Um, I'm a freshman. I'm a starter. I, I played four years at Point Loma. Uh, great Great time, great experience, but um, things were going well again. So I'm thinking, hmm, all right, I'm on the right track. Uh, so, has, sorry, just a few more photos. Um, like I said, I'm a visual guy. I like to give people something to look at instead of me, uh, although you're looking at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, nope, the experiences weren't over with, right? Um, I'm thinking, man. The things are going good. Um, disappointment hits me now. Uh, in two weeks of my uh, sophomore year, I have six home runs already. I'm leading the league in home runs. Um, and I run into the wall, catching a ball over my head in left field, and crack my navicular bone in my hand. It's a very small bone. It doesn't get a lot of blood flow in it. It takes a long time to heal. So... There I was, six weeks in a, uh, a cast at home now, or at, at school. I just remember on the payphone calling my mom and just crying, because it's like, I'm hurt again, you know, and every time, I hope you, is there a theme that you start to pick up on, though, where, what events are happening that I'm getting injured at? Yeah, baseball, right? <laughs> okay. There's a, a big pattern going on here. Um, I heal from that. My, my trainer gets me through PT real well and everything. First game back, I hit a home run. This wasn't the home run, but this is one of the home runs that I, that I hit. And um, I'm on, you know, I'm thinking, wow, I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And my thing is baseball, and I'm, I'm in, and I'm going places. Uh, nope, <laughs> not, not for me. It uh, wasn't a one-time deal. At practice one day, 
coach is hitting outfield, phone goes to us, and I dive for the ball, and I hear a snap in my right hand. I crack the uh, middle uh, metacarpal um, bone, and uh, so I'm out another six weeks. So, um, you know, am I done with my experiences? I don't know. You know, so I'm like, what's, what's going on? So I graduate from college. My coach is on the U.S. Uh, Olympic Baseball Committee back then in 84 when things were kind of going, everyone was playing ball. And he said, hey, there's a, well, none of us had, I didn't have a job. My friend that I went with, he was in double A, but he got released. Um, and so we didn't have anything going on. So we went down and we coached the Guatemala uh, baseball team down there. And um, it was fun. I mean, it was interesting. Um, Kind of, kind of weird, but the irony behind the next couple of slides, this is where I knew, okay, this is, God is protecting me. God is for something. There's a reason that I'm not dead yet, you know, so what is it? So we go to Mexico, and we play on a team from the United States on a 10-day tour, tournament tour in the Yucatan and everything. And from Mexico City to Villahermosa, Cancun, Merida, and places like that. Um, but we're gone. We get back and we were told that there was a, a riot in Guatemala, we're downtown, because they had quetzales and centavos. The centavos is like the coin and the quetzales are the dollar bill of the bills. Well, they wanted to raise the bus fare five centavos to ten. It was five cent, you know, and it was just like any other metropolitan area, you know, people used tr mass, mass transit for everything. Um, and they would be packed, and they would have people breastfeeding their kids on the bu bus, and it's just like, this is weird, you know, I mean, just, it's just, you know, chickens. If you think of it, it was, it was on that bus, and they would pack them in. So we get back, and uh, the, we find this out, and we're going, wow, thanks, Lord, for not having us have to be impacted by the riots that were going on out there. So we get, we get uh, we're in Mexico City. For Like I said, we, we went to Mexico City, played the ball, came back to Mexico City and left. I can't tell you for sure this is my hotel, but it's on Avenida de Revolución. And all of the hotels that were there, most of them did collapse, and we were in one of those. So I, I put that up there because 10 days before, it was very likely that our hotel would have been impacted by that earthquake. And... Um, so, I believe the Lord's timing is perfect, but he protected us from not having to experience that earthquake um, when we were in Mexico City. So, that was kind of really weird. So, I get back, and I don't know what I'm going to do now. So, I start looking for career options. My best friend, from since we were 13 years old, he's a cop, and he says, yeah, he goes, just apply for cop. You'll be a, you'll get a cop. You you know college education. You're a clean cut guy. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. They'll hire you. Well, um, the city of Fontana did hire me, and I went through seven weeks of their academy and said, "This isn't me. Uh, I'm not. I would not be a good cop." And so I said, "Okay, I need to resign." So I resigned with the chief and go through a lot of his questioning me if I'm making the right decision and stuff. And um, I really felt like yes, the Lord is just not wanting me here for whatever reason. So, you know, and my parents, I quit, I quit something. 
I've never quit anything in my life. So um, now my first experience with, you know, I, th I thought it was failure, you know, as, as somebody that had an opportunity to have a career. So what is it then, Lord? Um, I had taken the CBEST test to, uh, just in case um, I wanted to do something in education, and um, I got hired by a small private school to teach junior high subjects for seventh and eighth grade and, and design their uh, athletic program for their kids to play against other Christian schools and stuff. And um, to a year and a half into it, they lose funding, which small church schools usually do, or not usually do, a high percentage of it does. And they had to let me go. So here I am. I, was th I loved the kids. Everything was going good. I put a lot of time and effort into developing their sports programs and everything, and um, it was over. So, sorry, Niles. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I, I put mine on vibrate, so I felt good about it. <laughs> um, so what's what's the thing? I, now I'm starting to feel like, well, public safety is kind of me. I, I feel like I want to help people. I've always kind of had that desire in my heart. So, um, Lord, is it the fire service? You know, so I, I became a volunteer and um, worked my th way through. And yes, it, it was it was for me. Um, and this Romans 8:28 came into my mind is. Um, you're called according to his purpose, whether you're a believer or not. I think he puts us in places for his, his reasonings and his, his purposes in life. But, of course, this is just me again. Um, okay, um, my I just get um, promoted to captain. And uh, a couple, about a month into being um, a captain, I get a call for uh, structure response in, in our area, which is um, right down the street from the station, we get there, and this is somebody, the neighbor had taken this picture. And uh, it's funny, because when we did our critique, the BC goes, because I, I get a size up of, you know, we're on a two-story single-family dwelling. We have 100, you know, fully involved structure with um, exposures threatened. Okay, I'm thinking, okay. We get to the critique, and my BC, one of the BCs in a, in a big crowd goes, there's no such thing as 100% involved. And so he goes, huh, when was this picture taken? I said, before we got there. So I don't know, maybe next, so next time in my mind, I was saying we have a 98% structure involved. I mean, what do I do? I mean, you know, so, but it was an arson fire and uh, the guy could have been prosecuted. We had a lot of evidence that he did it and um, some reason the chief and others let it go, which was kind of weird, but uh, anyhow. Um, Numerous fires, the one to the right, uh, this one is an apartment complex. The lady left something on the stove and went down to talk to her friend. And when she got back up, it, it burned her kitchen and then progressed down the um, apartment complex. Like four more apartments were destroyed from that one. But um, it just, a the accidents happen, right? And that's why I think this is the job. Um, same, the far uh, left picture is the same uh, apartment complex, um, just a different photo. Um, this one in the, to the second is um, a guy ran through a house with his van, had a cardiac event and plowed into the house. The irony of that is there's two big, huge pine trees in the backyard <laughs> next to the fence. Here took a Sunnyvale Road is where it was off of for the guys that live, work down there. there. Um, into the living room, and, you know, they thought a bomb went off in their house. Well, kind of did. And this guy was, he was dead before um, 
we even got to them, but that was kind of an interesting event. The one in the truck in the basket there, that was 102 degrees that day, and I am got my helmet off because I'm going, I got to get down. If I don't get down right now, I'm going to pass out. You guys have to carry me. So that was, uh, that was a uh, interesting uh, event because you don't want to be the captain on a, on a rig and then be the one that uh, wusses out and has to go sit down in rehab, but that was it. Um, another interesting thing that happened to us was the Loma Prieta, Loma Prieta quake. Perfect timing. Uh, we were on duty when the Lone Prieta quake hit, and the, our uh, um, station was an old uh, gas station that they had remodeled and redone to put into a, a, about a 10,000 square foot uh, fire station. And the, the engines, it was all bouncing sideways by the time the, the ground quit moving. And I was just a year and a half, year into being uh, um, working. And people started showing up at the fire station. And our engine, I was one that had the engine, the third engine, the second engine by myself. I was the third firefighter in there. They leave to go to investigate a smoke vest, which was all night and stuff, gas leaks and stuff. But um, I'm sitting there with nobody with me. And all these families start showing up that are injured. So I'm having to try to triage and do the best I can with you know, prioritizing things. There's no ambulance service in the whole area because everybody's inundated on their own. And uh, so that was a pretty um, stressful day for me. And uh, put that back in your head again for another anxiety building thing. <laughs> so I was actually a calendar boy. I can say yes, I was, I've been in a calendar. Um, after the, the earthquake, they put together this fundraising uh, earthquake calendar, so I'm actually Mr. October, not, uh, yeah. <laughs> no baseball players could be Mr. But anyhow, you get the point. Uh, these kids, I have no idea who they were. They were just part of it, and they, they, they were there, and they said, hey, take a picture with these guys. Okay. Um, closest call I had in a fire was this fire right here, and those that are in the fire service can appreciate it. I was in right here. We have our hose lines down here. We're back in here somewhere, and the whole back side of the, the house is on fire. The, the BC that showed up said we have a, a working fire in the back bedroom. Well, when we got there, uh, no. It was the whole house, that, practically, that was on fire. And um, this portion of the roof right here collapsed. We were here. It collapsed right down here. There's a, it's an entryway with a wall in the living room and kitchen and dining room and stuff on this side. But right here, this whole thing came down right next to us. You know that you hear it, but you don't really, um, you feel it and hear it. You don't really see it. And then uh, we got out. But I tell you these things to build the, the reality of what God is real. I want you guys to keep thinking, you know, this isn't just some fictitious made-up spiritual thing in the, out there in outer space. I firmly believe and I trust that he's been with me every step of my, way, my life so far. Now, do I go out and get hit by a bus when we're over here? I don't know. It's his timing. It's his plan, right? I hope not, because it hurts. Um, <laughs> well, I've never been hit by a bus, but cars hurt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyhow, so one other event, and I'm just telling you stories to, to kind of piecemeal this whole thing together. Hopefully, it comes full circle and wraps up for you. But um, 
I'm the firefighter. It's at night. We have hills all around us. The Santa Cruz Mountains are right behind our station. And Highway 9 is uh, notorious for people going off the sides and the cliffs and everything. But um, this particular one, there's another road next to it. Um, and we got a call for a car over the side. So we get up there. I go down. This is not the, my action shot. This is just how I was dressed and, and set up to go down over. That's a low angle. It's, it's, even though it looks high angle, it's low angle um, response that we worked. Um, I go down the hill about 200 feet, and uh, I find the Bronco wedged up against a car. Uh, sorry, wedged up against a tree, and um, I'm, I'm down there in the dark with my flashlight. The two people are they're kids. They're totally fine, but they're stuck. And so I walk. I'm, I move my way around the, the vehicle, trying to see you know what they're stuck on and how secure the vehicle is and what we need from there. And I take one step on this rock, and I take another step into the air. And if I hadn't been tethered off, um, this, this could go down. The ravines go down pretty steep, another couple hundred feet probably. But they, would, they, they wouldn't have found me. I mean, it would take a long time because trees, bushes, rocks, I mean, everything, you know, in a, in a ravine. Just think about how that, and it's, it's narrow. But I stepped off into the space, and I'm going, wow, thanks, Lord, because... I was secured. So whether it's secured on the rope or secured in his hands, it doesn't really matter. It's all synonymous to me. Um, so, um, I gotta slow down a little bit because I, I want to get through this without time. But I'm, all right. So during um, during my career, we moved to a city called Hollister. It's about an hour south of San Jose, California. 40 minutes east of Monterey, California, so kind of in that quadrant. Well, um, just like this area, they're starting to, they started to, to develop in housing and stuff. It was just going crazy. So the whole time, they maintain a two-lane road. So take the Highway 44 from Linder to Star, how that's just two lanes, correct? But make it more dilapidated in... Um, no lines, no, no yellow center divider, no shoulders, no nothing. This was an old rural route that they used, and now we're using it as our freeway to get to Highway 101 to go to Silicon Valley. So it's, it's barely, lanes are 11 feet wide, okay, but there was no shoulder. So people started getting in head-on collisions. Um, a, a lot of, in two-year time, 24 people died on this road. Um, and it's a 14-mile stretch between Hollister and Gilroy. Well, I got called that, hey, somebody's got to do something. Who's doing anything about this highway? And instead of, as soon as I said, who's doing anything about it, the Lord said, you're doing something about it. And I said, okay. So um, I go to the media, I go to the local newspaper, I go to city council, who, you know, the, the uh, supervisors' meetings. Who's doing anything about this highway and you know they're going well um we don't have the funds for it or we do i started hearing excuses and i'm not a guy that takes excuses well um either you can do it or don't do it and we'll get people that know how to do it and we'll go do it so you know that's kind of just my way of processing things in life but um we ended up start off with this campaign. They go, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I got a petition sheet together. I went to a store. I put a table out, and I started saying, I got a banner 
I said, um, you know, highway safety petition. And so we, um, first day, got 700 and something signatures. It's like, okay, I, I've obviously hit the nerve that people are looking for. People started coming up and asking, hey, can I help? We put together a committee of 20-something people, got everybody involved, started getting the signatures together. Um, they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. Let's take it to the state capitol and demand that we get this highway fixed. And so everybody's kind of laughing and stuff but because they've tried stuff before, right? Well, I can get kind of bulldogish about things sometimes, but especially if the Lord tells me to do that, then I do it, and, and I do it 100%. And sometimes that gets me in trouble because of I get so passionate about things that I come off very aggressive, I guess. But uh, anyhow, so these are just news clippings. Some are um, more than others. But we ended up with 23,700 signatures we took to the state capitol. And uh, that's me presenting a packet of them right here to the state senator. Um, this is when it started off. They put clever names to me out there doing stuff, and uh, um, we got the highway fixed. We got a safety corridor established, and um, K-Rail down the middle, the concrete barriers, widening the shoulders, all the things that um, come with that. It took 10 years to, from the day that in 2000 to when it's into its fruition of what a safety corridor was. It took 10 years of people, you know, bureaucracy is weird. I mean, it just takes, everybody wants something, right? They want to sign off. They want to, you know, environmental impact fees or studies, blah, 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 blah. Get all this stuff going. So um, it happened. It happened for the right reason. Um, that's my, I could, I could die today and say I did, I contributed to something in life, you know. So I'm, I'm very uh, humbled about it. But it got me into politics, which I never thought—I <laughs> never thought I'd be in politics. Okay, um, they said, "No, we, you need to run for city council or something." So I did, and I, I won, and um, I got involved, which helped me help the process better because I started to understand the bureaucracy. I understand politics. I understand you know, everyone has their say. Everybody wants something, right? Um, um, anyhow, this is me at a ceremony um, um, uh, on a bypass that we helped uh, get done. Anybody know Casa de Fruta uh, on the 152? Um, we named it after Zanger, um, the, the guy that he passed away a long, long time ago. But um, anyhow, we got an overpass near him fixed and uh, helped people from getting slammed over in that, that portion of the road and county as well. Um, so it got me to a point where I actually was the mayor for um, a year in my, uh, my city, which was a whole year of really weird stuff because everybody is your best friend when you're, they want something. You know, they'll call you all the time, hey, come on. And then um, when I quit being on city council, um, I didn't get any phone calls. So because I wasn't a tool anymore for their, their needs. So anyhow, but... My dad and mom are actually still alive. My dad's almost 94. My mom's 82. But this is back in 2007. And uh, um, I'm glad that I got to do something productive in my life with my parents being able to, to witness it and, and be a part of it. So I put them in there. But this is an anonymous quote, and this is what I've used my whole adult life. Um, and I, I still, it still resonates in my heart today 
that if you're, if the serving is below you, leadership is beyond you. And I really feel that. I mean, I think even as, as Christians and believers that um, if we want a servant's heart, we should have a servant's heart for one. And two, it, um, you're going to be asked to do things in life that require some kind of leadership. So um, be sensitive to the hearing that you, you know, the spirit that you're hearing because you don't know what you might be able to do in life, you know, and it's never too late, you know, it, I don't care how old we are, I think there's always a purpose-driven um, life that we have in, um, with us, but um, can't really stay away yet from, from everything. Um, uh, I was asked to, uh, to run for um, the commissioner for Eagle Fire. Um, I talked to the guy that was this, in my seat before, and uh, he wasn't. He decided he wasn't going to run against me and supported me, which made me feel really good. That his name is Kevin, and he's he's. Uh, I uh, admire him for for his help with um, getting me in and uh, supporting me there. Um, so we still do that. It's low key. It's not that big a deal. But this is me. This slide is is me. Um, Safety, um, obviously, I've been in my whole life, you know, my whole adult life, uh, safety-oriented person. Um, but having a calling to do something in a, a group setting, a large assembly setting or whatever, to me, it's, it's important. And it's, once again, it's, it's driven, right? The, the Lord's driven me to this, so I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I get frustrated a lot, though, because I, I want things to be done a certain way, and sometimes timing's not mine, it's his. But Proverbs 16, uh, 9 talks about the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that's, that's so true with any of us, right? I mean, if we're really following what he wants us to do, it's so much easier. There's, there's less stress. I mean, it just flows better. But when I get my nose in it, and I start trying to step up and, okay, I'm going to do this, Lord, and this is, you know, I got it. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, step back, take a breath, because I'm pretty, you know, like I said before, I come off with a lot of energy sometimes, and uh, I like to be calm, but sometimes I just get so excited about doing stuff that um, I get ahead of myself. So um, with that, this is my family. I love them. Um, obviously, I hope everybody loves their family, <laughs> but been married to Tammy 26 years, Brad's in the Marines, he's in D.C., Ryan's 20 years old, and he lives with us still, and uh, we really enjoy being here. Um, we've been here six years this month, I retired um, six years ago, we sold our house six years, everything happened within a month. On Tuesday, I turned 60, and I don't expect any high happy birthdays or anything, I'm just telling you that now I'm going to get into a new world, right? It's like, six, I look at that 60, and it just doesn't resonate with me yet. It's like, hmm, that's really a weird number to, to, to deal with. The guys that are ahead of me, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the guys below me, well, you can experience it yourself later. But this is interesting right here, 2 Timothy 4. For, uh, there, there's going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth. And just listen to what's going on today, Right? But we'll go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will blithely or blindly follow their own misguided ideas. That's, that's, 
to me, that resonates so true today in today's society because it's, you just look at every single thing going on and you go, yep, that's, that's true. Yep, that's true. So if that's true, and that was written a long time ago, and it's relevant today, is that book true? Or is that book just something somebody decided to write? A bunch of guys got together. No. That wouldn't be setting, to my, in my heart, that wouldn't be saying that to us today because we're experiencing it in our own lives. And social media, you could, you could have it. I mean, we're all kind of hooked on it, but one of the worst things I think ever happened to us. But anyhow, that's kind of my story. I'm still suffering from uh, physical therapy needs, and especially as the older I get because the more arthritis sets in and stuff. But um, it's 9 o'clock. I hope uh, what I said resonated with you a little bit. Um, I appreciate this church. I appreciate the guys that showed up today, um, taking time out of your early Saturday mornings and stuff just to come listen to me. But um, if nothing else... I hope you understand that all of us have a, a, a place in leadership. All of us have a place in, in being a servant to, um, if you feel that spirit hit you, take the step and do it. I did, and it rewarded me greatly with a few things in my life, but uh, they came with pain too. So um, it's not an easy road. He never said it was going to be. But we keep our eye on him, and we let him direct our path. I think... Uh, we're going to end up in the place we want to be in the end anyhow. So um, thank you for coming this morning, and I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed it. So.